Welcome to the podcast of the Hubbard Center for Southwest Studies at Colorado College. My name is Santiago Ivanguerra, and I am the W.M. Keck Director of the Hubbard Center for Southwest Studies. First, I'd like to acknowledge the indigenous peoples and ancestors who lived and thrived on the lands where Colorado College and the Hubbard Center is located, particularly the Apache, Arapaho, Comanche, Cheyenne, and the Ute, on whose unceded territories Colorado College was founded. We sit in the shadow of Taba, the Sun Mountain, so named by our Ute relatives. We extend our greeting to all of our relatives in Indian country, but particularly to those in the southwestern United States, the U.S.-Mexico border, and northern Mexico. At the Hulbert Center, we stand and fight for racial justice. We believe that black lives matter, that no human is illegal, that we must honor the lives of missing and murdered indigenous women. We stand in solidarity with those that are marginalized, with women of color, with the LGBTQ community, with immigrants, and with all those who believe that our struggles bring us together in solidarity. Thank you, and stay tuned. everyone, Buzz here. And this is Lucy. The soundbite you just heard was students from the New Mexican Culture and Identity through the Performative Arts class singing with Dr. Brenda Romero in Alcalde, New Mexico. We're doing something a little different this episode. This week, Lucy and I are highlighting a cross-listed Spanish and Southwest Studies course that happened during Block 3. We'll hear reflections from the professors, Dr. Karen Royball and Dr. Carrie Ruiz, the students from the course, and excerpts of their multimedia final projects. We'll also hear songs and stories from their field trip to northern New Mexico, where they met with Dr. Tessa Cordova, Dr. Brenda Romero, and Pulitzer Prize-winning composer Raven Chacon. Here's student Diana Buda talking about the class. The class really allows you to, the first day we kind of started with like our own ideas, assumptions um, about New Mexico, and sort of like we analyzed a few like magazine covers and images that portray New Mexico in a very like stereotypical way. Um, And I think throughout the course of the class, as we learn more about the traditions and the the culture and the music, like you kind of, um, at least me personally, I was able to sort of challenge those initial assumptions or ideas and kind of get gain a more meaningful understanding of New Mexico and of um, the New Mexican people. The course explored how music and the performing arts can aid in sustaining cultural traditions in northern New Mexico. Here are some other themes of the course described by students. My name is Leo Fries. I think we also talked a lot about the oral tradition and sort of validating oral tradition as a means of communicating history. My name is Ella Eskenazi. It definitely is centered on the idea of preservation, but um, I would also add in the um, notion of adaptation and how things um, can be like transmuted or translated across communities, um, across time. My name is Diana Buda. 
I would add that in learning about the role of music and performing arts um, in these communities, that it's also a way to sort of challenge narratives of the region and of the people themselves. Here are some thoughts from professors Dr. Ruiz and Dr. Royball. So something that was really important for us was to have an interdisciplinary approach to the course, right? So drawing on different disciplines kind of give a better picture, better and bigger picture, right? Uh, more complex picture of what is New Mexican identity. And so we had students uh, read uh, texts from the anthropology field, from the history field, from a theory of translation, theory of performance. So really the, the one of the key components of the course was really to address this notion of what is Mexican, New Mexican identity, right, from a different different perspectives, right, from different fields to give a more holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you encapsulated that beautifully, because I was going to say the same thing. It's a more holistic understanding of New Mexican culture and identity over time, right, because we also um, talked a lot about how those identities are dynamic and even the ways in which the songs and the performances, you know, um, transcend over time and change or transmutate. aspect of the course was that Dr. Ruiz taught in Spanish while Dr. Roybal instructed in English. I would argue that you cannot approach new Mexican identity and culture without integrating Spanish, right? That is a key element. And so to not include that, right, is doing a disservice, would be a disservice to the purpose of the course. We had a few more Spanish students taking it for Spanish credit versus Southwest credit, but it actually worked really well because then the students that were doing it for Spanish credit and had that Spanish base were able to really, you know, help the other students understand some of the lyrics and what were some of the approaches to different forms of translation and what it gets lost in the translation and how it's not just one interpretation when you're translating. And so that gave it a complexity. And at the same time, the Spanish students also saw that, you know, New Mexican Spanish is its own thing. Yeah, and I think it really, you know, allowed for our students to see the sort of transborder connections and the ways in which, even though we were talking about New Mexico, we were actually talking about global history as well, right? And the, the movement and transition of people's mm -hmm. music, cultures, traditions mm -hmm. across borders, across space. So I think mm -hmm. that was really neat. And then it was also like on the sort of fun side, right? Some of the students who didn't speak Spanish ended up picking up some words, right? Or at least understanding, you know, enough Spanish mm -hmm. Um, to get a sense of, you know, mm -hmm. what was being said.
After an introductory first week on campus, students traveled into the field in order to engage with these themes directly. Students met with Dr. Brenda Romero and Raven Chacon. Brenda is an ethnomusicologist and musician who spoke and sang with the class at Los Luceros Historic Site in Alcalde, New Mexico. Raven is a Diné American composer, musician, and artist who spoke with the class at the Museum of Contemporary Native Art in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They also met Dr. Tessa Cordova in El Prado, New Mexico. Tessa's open heart made a lasting impact on the class. My name's Annette Leva. First of all, she was welcoming immediately when she received us. She hugged us all. Tessa runs Las Pistoleras, a community organizing and performance space in El Prado, Taos, New Mexico. You could tell by the space how welcoming it was. It was like a colorful room with a bunch of art. And um, Tessa explained the meaning of the place and how Las Pistoleras is like a sign of valuing women and the matriarchy and empowering them and just building a space for community building and activism in that is like needed because she was explaining how the New Mexican perspective is often silenced and not really heard. And so just being in that space was really empowering to see how spaces like hers are needed and are really helpful in empowering New Mexican people and so that they can advocate um, for themselves. And so she not only taught us about the activism that is going on, but also about how they continue to sustain their culture across generations through performance. Tessa directs the traditional Hispano Christmas play, Las Pastores, as an homage to her New Mexican heritage and to her late father, Arsenio Cordova. Here's Tessa talking about the play. The whole play is in Spanish. Um, we, did, we do use a script by um, Aurora Lucero White, so it's kind of part of who we are. It's a ritual. It's no longer a tradition. It's a ritual. It, it's what's going to keep us alive and continuing. We don't have a loss of representation um, in that either. Um, and then let me just give you a sampling of the traditional of the entrance. Quick shameless promotion, if you're interested in learning more about Los Pastores, check out our Holbert Center YouTube page, where we have a virtual reimagining of the play that we made during the height of COVID.
The themes of the course, the bilingual approach to the subject, and the hands-on learning experiences in the field all came together in the students' final collaborative creative projects. Here's Ella describing the immersive soundscape her group created. Um, my group ended up being perhaps a bit more inspired by Raven Chacon and his work um, compositionally. And so essentially I would describe our project as a soundscape and we ended up going, like the process of it looked like us going and um, grabbing all sorts of sounds um, virtually. And so we would find, you know, for example, um, the sound of like a certain species of owl that we know exists in uh, like a region um, specific to like New Mexico. Or we had construction workers um, with like jackhammers and all this like interruption and noisiness. And so um, by the end we had this, you know, nine, 10 minute um, sound recording and we had layered all sorts of different things. So um, an example of that would be at the end, there's um, a more contemporary version of a corrido, which is um, a genre um, that's poetic and was traditionally used for like delivering news. And so we found a recording of a corrido and then um, by the end that was interrupted by construction on a highway. And so we thought that, you know, for one example would be a way to demonstrate um, the ways in which New Mexican culture has been displaced. Um, and then, of course, like all sorts of nature sounds. And so we had a heartbeat going throughout. Um, and we had the sound of the Rio Grande, or Rio Grande River. Another group created a multimedia installation. My group created this art installation that was titled Identiography. And so what we were aiming to do was create this collage that was made out of different interpretations of the land. And so that looked like maps, but also through other forms such as clay-like um, symbols that represent the land. And so that was the background for our project that really was meant to show how there is this um, interculturalness activity happening in New Mexico that mixes indigeneity, um, Hispanic, and Anglo influence. And so that was a background for a video that we projected on top that also had an accompanying soundtrack. And that video and the soundtrack were both inspired and taken from our field, from what we had observed in the field study. Leo's group went another route and explored the themes of translation and musical resilience. Um, my project group and I, we made a, we decided to do something to do with translation and music because we also talked some about the theory of translation in class and how, especially in a multicultural and multilingual space, such as New Mexico, um, translation plays a really big role in how traditions are communicated. Um, so we did sort of a game of translation telephone with a 
um, modern New Mexican folk song um, called El Corrido del Chile Verde. Um, and so our project, we made a video and then also had a visual representation of the sort of pattern of translation that we had the poem go through being translated back and forth between English and Spanish in this branching pattern to represent how the oral tradition um, changes songs as they're passed down through generations. Um, and I also, I learned how to play and sing that song for the video that we recorded, which was also, you know, just a fun, a fun project and a cool experience. Here's the intro and Leo singing from the video part of their project. This song is called El Corrido del Chile Verde and was written in 2008 by Cipriano Vigil in protest of the Monsanto Company's proposed genetic modifications to the green chili seed, a plant that is central to New Mexican culture. Historically, the corrido genre has been used as a way to spread news and reactions to current events among communities in New Mexico, and these songs are often passed down only by oral tradition. Thank you for listening. We want to thank Karen Royball and Carrie Ruiz for their contributions to our episode and their hard work teaching and creating this course. Thank you to Diana Buda, Ella Eskenazi, Annette Leva, and Leo Fries for sharing their reflections with us as well. We want to give a huge thank you to the folks who sang and created the music and sounds used in this episode. In order of appearance, you heard Brenda Romero singing Los Comonchitos with the students of the course, Tessa Cordova singing Echale Cinco al Piano, Tessa Cordova singing A la Rue A la Me, and Tessa Cordova singing Bienvenidos Pastores. They were all recorded by Lucy Raphael on the course field trip. Special thanks to the groups who shared their final projects with us so that we could include them in this episode. Anayeli Reyes Trejo, Ella Eskenazi, Matthew Nesselrot, and Hunter Berg for creating their soundscape Whispers Through Time. And to Leo Fries, Diana Buda, Robin Barami, and Shira Rosenthal for their project, Branching Out, How Songs Change Over Time. This episode was co-produced by Lucy Raphael and Buzz Katsev. This episode was edited by me, Buzz, with collaboration from Lucy. 
Our intro and outro drum music was created and produced by Santiago Guerra. This podcast is made possible through the support of our Southwest Studies faculty, Eric Paramond, Karen Royball, and Santiago Guerra, as well as our paraprofessional Lucy Raphael and our student assistant Yasmin Kali. The podcast is produced with the financial support of the Holbert Center for Southwest Studies Endowment and the Salazar Fund for Southwest Studies. Tune in next time.